Hello, my friends, and welcome back to yet another episode of Watching the Watchers Live. My name is Robert Govea. I am a criminal defense attorney at the R&R Law Group located in the always beautiful and sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. And today, my friends, we're talking about World War III and the death of humanity. The word of the day is escalate. And as usual, we're going to go over to our mind maps to get our bearings straight here so that we can see what we are going to get into today. First of all, the real only story that exists out there today is the impending catastrophe, the nuclear war that we're all going to uh, probably be involved in here soon enough. Elon says it's probably going to happen. Trump says there's a bunch of idiots in charge. We'll take a look at all of that. But we have to understand the pretext, the context of the impending doom. We're going to learn more about the Crimean Peninsula, in particular, the sort of strategic value of this little region. You can see that there. We're going to take a look at Google Maps and zoom in on the region. You can see very important location. So we'll take a look at all of that. We have the actual footage. Now, this was something that was sort of uh, percolating over the weekend. You saw this footage from CCTV cameras showing exactly what happened on the bridge. We're going to take a look at that and we're going to explore multiple different angles, including the aerial photographs, the drive-by of the train that got exploded. Those are fuel canisters. We'll take a look at what it looks like from the sea and then the actual damage to the rail lines, which is going to be fortifying a bunch of the peninsula there. So a lot to unpack We'll learn about why the bridge exploded all over the place and how it, why it's broken in multiple places, even though there was only one bomb that went off as the truck crossed the bridge. And then, of course, that was an attack, according to Putin, by terrorists on Russian territory, Russian land. And so the Russians responded pretty catastrophically today. And Putin came out and he spoke. He said that there is uh, going to be repercussions for this. Certainly there was. In Kiev today, there were a number of missile bombings that hit all over the city. It was looking like that, exactly what you see in the GIF there. And we're sort of still doing damage assessments on what the actual uh, casualties were. But it's looking like 12 killed or 49 injured or so, which seems kind of, you know, We'll talk about that when we get there, but we've got that. We've got the city scene. You can see what it looks like all around Kiev. Not a good situation. And it also looks like the Russians may be going after the internet. So we'll take a look at that and uh, sort of unpack it all before we turn back domestically and see what the United States has to say about all this. Because of course, Trump was out doing a bunch of rallies over the weekend. He was here in Arizona, shout out. And he said that we have a bunch of morons in charge who are driving us right off of a cliff into World War III. And obviously this is something we've been talking about since day one. Uh, basically a lot of us have been asking ourselves, why the hell are we involved at all in any of this stuff? Uh, Donald Trump, of course, is uh, on that side. Elon Musk made a proposal for how he thinks this should all be solved. And he got castigated over this. We talked about this on one of our prior walk and talks, but he also posted a couple days ago that nuclear war probability is rising rapidly, right? That's from Elon. Okay. That's not me saying it, not some dumb lawyer in Scottsdale. It's Elon. Okay. This guy's going to Mars someday. And so he's saying, yeah, the probability is rising rapidly. Uh, so, okay. So you can understand what's happening there. And Joe Biden, after this escalation happened there in that uh, theater of war, we got a call from the president over to Zelensky. And apparently they talked and you, we're going to look at this statement from the White House. It's like a paragraph. It's like a joke. So uh, as you can see, we've gonna, we're going to be spending a bulk of our time on uh, the Russia-Ukraine situation. We're going to have a short segment here on... Trump roasting Biden, a little, little bit of a fun segment. 
over the weekend, Trump was doing a bunch of rallies and he actually played like this two minute clip of all of Biden's biggest gaffes. And so I'm going to play a little bit of that for us here today. We have a new story that Trump's lawyer, Christina Bob, is somebody who just got interviewed by the feds. CBS News was reporting this pretty interesting uh, story because remember, she was signed on as the custodian of records for Trump's defense team. She said, yeah, I turned over everything. And so we'll take a look at this story from CBS. And then I have another clip from Trump where he was out really fighting on behalf of the pro-lifers. And this was a story that we talked about last weekend or last week, I should say. But there is a number of pro-life activists who are under the gun of Joe Biden's DOJ now. They just went from uh, COVID people, uh, Ural murderers. Then they went to the teachers or to parents who were upset with some teachers. They were a teacher, uh, parent teacher associations now, uh, terrorist associations. And, you know, it just goes on and on and on. Now the pro-lifers are going to be the big threats to America. And so the DOJ is going after those individuals. And so my friends, as you can see, we've got two segments today and a lot to get to. Going to get to your questions and comments and super chats at the end of the program. But of course, if you do want to be a part of the show, the best place to do that is over at our community at watchingthewatchers.locals.com. You see the web address right there. Amazing community chatting away. And uh, big shout outs to Zach Nichols, Bonnie Speck, Zach Nichols says, uh oh, October 13th, we've got a J6 hearing coming up. I didn't know that that was scheduled. October 13th? <laughs> right before the midterms. What a joke. All right. And so we've got Bonnie Speck, Zach Nichols is over there, Jason on blast. We have uh, Paul Mino is in the house over with some serious meme smithing going on over there. And so shout out to my friends, Resident Bedoin and others who are chatting away over there. We've got over on Rumble, big shout outs to Puppy Kicker in the house. Shout out to Puppy Kicker. We also have Anything, Dog Digger, Cat Crap Fevers over there, along with Virginia Mary, Army Bratz in the house, Slow Hand, Rosie Posey123, and Eric Scorpio, and shout out to Larry Wan and others. Over on YouTube, you can click the join button and join our membership there. We've got Curtis Bartles in the house, Bear Ashby, our members. Shout out to Lean, who's modding down the fort for us, along with Ronnie Coles, a member playing hooky. Thank you guys for holding and modding down the fort for us. As I mentioned, I am a criminal defense lawyer at the RNR Law Group. We offer free case evaluations for good people charged with crimes. 480-787-0394 is the number. If you are, you know, somebody who is in trouble, we can help. We love it. That's our job. 480-787-0394. And before we move on, I want to thank everybody who really donated over to the ericshouse.org annual hope and healing event. We had an amazing event Saturday, uh, Sunday. When was it? When the heck did we do that? It was Saturday. It was at the 8th. I'm still sort of hung over from the event, metaphorically speaking, but it was amazing. We raised $58,000. I'm still waiting for the damage, all of the damage that was assessed. In terms of I'm matching all of the donos that came in through YouTube and through Eric's house and through my page on GiveButter. We're still calculating it all. It's going to probably be, I think, in the five to $6,000 range. Or overall, the organization raised $58,000 and it's still trickling in. So we're still assembling all of those numbers. And I will have a full accounting for you by the end of the week. But I wanted to say thank you to everybody who came in and supported that. It was a ton of fun. Many of you were in the chat and we were just, we were, you know, it was really a moving experience. If you want to watch the full event, it's over at the Eric's House uh, YouTube channel. It's on there. I hosted and emceed the whole thing, but we had some amazing speakers, some drum circles in there. We had uh, some health and wellness. We did some breathing exercises. We did a ton of stuff over at uh, the Eric's House YouTube channel. So check that out. 
And thank you for everybody who supported it. Really, it, it, it made it amazing. A, a lot of healing, a lot of good connections made. So thank you, everybody. All right. And so without, without any further ado, let's get right into it, shall we? Escalation continues Russia versus Ukraine. We saw that there was a gigantic explosion on the Crimean bridge. It looked like this. There was a CCTV camera that caught that truck driving by. There was another truck, looks like, or another vehicle right next to it before the bomb went off. And so presumably several casualties in that explosion. We still don't know all of the details, but we're going to dive into that and analyze exactly what this means, what the consequences are, because there's a lot to unpack here. Of course, the Russians say this is our territory. This is a terrorist attack. Putin is now responding to that. But before we can really understand the consequences, let us learn a little bit more about this region in general. If you're like me, maybe in the United States, and sometimes you can benefit from a little geographic refresher. So this is what it looks like there. You can see, according to this image that came out from RFERL graphics, they've got different colors on the countries. You can see Russia on the right is in white, and you see Crimea and Ukraine are in the sort of beige color to the left. And right here in the middle region, you see this Kerch Strait right across the Sea of Azov, the Russian Crimean Bridge. Very important bridge. As we take a look at it, Wikipedia has some background for us. They tell us the Crimean Bridge, also called the Kerch Strait Bridge, is one of a parallel pair of bridges, four-lane road, that takes supplies from Russia into Crimea. The bridge was built back in 2014, the start of that, and it cost $227 billion. You can see this is a little bit more what it looks like. Big stretch of, of bridge there. It looks like there may be some land sort of there in the middle that they're using to cross over. January 2015, multi-billion dollar construction. It was in operation up until October 8th. Local time, a large explosion went off at 6.07 a.m. So early morning hours there, it led to a large fire and it caused part of the bridge to collapse. So we'll take a look at this. And as you can see, part of this is Russia said that besides transportation, Protation, Russia intended the bridge to support its claims to Crimea. So Russia says, we're building a bridge over there. It's $4 billion US. It's the longest bridge ever constructed. It's the longest bridge in Europe. It's connecting our people to this land. Therefore, it is ours, right? That's the claim to the bridge. That's where it all came from. Now, when we zoom in on this, Google Maps shows us exactly how important this location is. You can see that when we zoom out on this region, we see the big peninsula of Crimea here. We see Russia to our right. And as we zoom out, there's the big black sea there right in the middle. So this little strait here and this bridge is really the only connection between this landmass, Crimea, and Russia on the right. And they just put a big hole right there in the center of that thing. And it is a big problem if that bridge ultimately fails. Currently, it's still functional, as we'll see, but it is a critical piece of infrastructure that connects those two regions. Now we'll take a look at exactly what happened. This is the explosion that took place on the Crimean Bridge. You see the CCTV camera is going to illustrate this truck slowly making its way across the bridge. This is about 6.07 a.m. There's a vehicle to the left of the truck that probably is not going to make it. And as they are traveling along, you'll also notice to the left, 
there is a rail car line that is built on the scaffolding. It's on a bridge that parallels the roadway. And there apparently was a big train, a bunch of train cars filled with gasoline or fuel or some sort of explosives that actually exploded after the original bomb went off. So this truck explodes and actually carries over into the explosive, into the fuel train and blows up the fuel train too. It's like if you're in a video game, you couldn't time this better. You know, you're going to use one explosion to set off another explosion and that explosion is going to do other damage. It's the old twofer. Let's watch. Truck on the right. Presumed to be carrying the explosives. The rail train on the left. There's the explosion. That takes out that section of the bridge. All the vehicles come to a stop immediately. And that is the damage. Let's watch that one more time. Now, a couple questions on this. Who is driving the car, right? Is is the car just on autopilot? Is there a delivery man in there? You just run this across over there to Crimea. Let's see. You'll be back in an hour. You also have this individual, presumably no longer with us either, given the intensity of that explosion. So damage all across the bridge, very important resource. When we zoom in, we can see some additional damage. From the sky, this is what the scene looked like on the Crimean Bridge. You can see that two sections of that bridge had been sort of blown out. They've fallen down. And we'll take a look at why that happened. But to the left of the major roadway, you can also see the train that had a bunch of the fuel cars that also caught fire and apparently exploded, doing some damage to that line. So you've got now two major issues. You've got basically a rail line that may or may not be operable and your your capacity, your throughput on the one roadway is also diminished pretty greatly. And if I turn myself off here, you can see that it's also disconnected down here at the bottom left of the document. So sort of several different areas on the bridge where it has completely collapsed. And we'll take a look at why that is in a minute, but pretty serious damage, right? They're not going to just pour some concrete and fix that thing up in a couple of days. Pretty serious stuff. When we zoom back out, we'll see several different angles from the sea. This is what the scene on the bridge looked like. You can see smoke from the fuel line, the rails, cars still burning and boats assessing the damage. You see the bridge has fallen into the ocean, into the sea in multiple locations there. And each one of those cars apparently has some fuel in it, which of course is very convenient to explode. You're going to try to bomb a bridge, it's nice to hit two. That fuel will just continue to burn itself out out of the side of one of those tankers. And it looks like there may be a fire truck there trying to put some of this out.
And so you know, many people saying that this was, you know, this is a civilian rail and this is civilian throughputs. Other people saying this is just, you know, sort of pseudo military lines into Crimea and they're damaging the ability to move military operations in and out of the region. This is the scene from the blown rail cars that were on the bridge. See the metal is mangled all over the place. And so those rails are not going to be just ironed out. So it's pretty amazing. I mean, you can see how close they were on the bridge this way. That's where the bombs went off, right? The bomb, the, the explosion actually was the truck explosion that went off on this roadway. But the bomb was so big that it caught the rail, which is totally disconnected from the other side of the bridge, also on fire. So pretty, you know, pretty powerful explosion there and a seriously good shot. You know, if you're going to time that, like if you're sitting there on the side of the bridge and you're going to time this thing. You nailed it. Like, nice job on that. You got it right next to the rail car. And I don't know if they knew that there were explosives or, or gasoline or fuel in there in those rail cars, but still pretty, uh, pretty amazing. There, the Russians opened up the bridge pretty quickly, surprisingly quickly. You can see this individual was driving across on one of the roads that was still open. And as he is crossing the bridge, he actually turns his camera and we see the rail cars burnt to a crisp on his left. Just listening to a little rap music, I think. Hopefully we don't get a copyright strike. Now, he's coming up. You can see the rail cars on his upper left. And on his right, that's the downed bridge. So they put up some barricades. And then he's going to show you those burnt rail cars. Right. So look at the explosion on that. The bomb went off from right about where he is sitting. Right. The bomb went off from right here. That's where the truck was, presumably. And it's so big. It's so gigantic that it leaps all the way across that second bridge and catches that entire rail car line on fire. Pretty amazing. Yeah, pretty amazing. So that is what it looked like. And he's making some comment. Don't know what that was, but he's saying, my goodness, is what it sounded like. That is horrific. So that's the explosion. A lot of people are asking why the bridge collapsed in multiple locations. And you can see this graphic came out from this guy at Andrew underscore bar. And he put this together pretty brilliantly. He details how a bridge works, as you can see. He says, we've got a, let's, let's open this here. Let's open this in a new tab so we can zoom in on this here. This is the explanation for why the Crimean bridge fell in multiple locations. You've probably seen the satellite footage and it looks like it was bombed in several places, but it wasn't. Here you can see this person, his name is Andrew Barr, drafted this graphic. You can see the bridge deck looks like it was connected under these piles of pillars. There are these different expansion joints 
And once the explosion severed one of the spans, it created some gravity, which pulled the bridge in from the expansion joints and the deck is pulled off of the pillars. And then you see multiple sags into the sea, right? So that's why it looks like there were probably multiple bombs is what he's saying. When in reality, the one bomb in one location will breach the tension on the bridge and then it will cause the entire bridge to collapse. And that's why it looks like it looks. It wasn't actually multiple bombs. It was just one bridge, one bomb from Andrew underscore bar. If you want to go follow him, of course, for more details on that, I'd encourage you to do that. So that's what happened on the bridge. Of course, the Russians very unhappy with this outcome and they've decided to respond. We all woke up this morning seeing all sorts of carnage across this region Putin responded to the Crimean bridge bombing, and he's very unhappy about it, calling it an act of terrorism and vowing revenge on Kyiv and the Ukraine regime. This is Putin. I'll go ahead and read it for us all just so we can listen to what he's saying here. He says the Kyiv regime, by its actions, has actually put itself on the same level with international terrorist formations, the most notorious groups. It is simply impossible to leave crimes of this kind unanswered, is what he says. He's calling them terrorists. This morning, at the suggestion of our ministry, it's a massive strike with air, sea, and land-based high precision. Long-range weapons was performed against Ukrainian Energy Military Command and communication facilities. And we'll take some a look at that. Here he calls it a terrorist attack. If the attempts to carry out the terrorist attack continue, Russia's responses will be tough and proportionate to the level of the threats proposed or posed. No one should have any doubts about this. This is what he says. And that came over from Bloomberg, that translation. Okay, so that's what Putin's response is. He says, it's impossible to leave any of these things unanswered. We have a plan with a massive airstrike. The Russian general has put this together. They're going to be using long-range weapons against the Ukrainian facilities, communication facilities, military command, and so on. Now, some of these explosions seem like they may have gone off at non-military locations. We'll take a look at that. But Putin warning and saying... Have no doubt, if these continue, there will be some additional consequences. And we've speculated about this before. You know, we're starting to see a pattern here. If there are continual attacks on infrastructure, does that mean that if you can see some motivation behind each one of those attacks, you can identify perhaps a culprit? We talked about this on our morning walk and talk today, this morning. The idea would be, you know, if you see a pattern with the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, if you see where resource infrastructures, infrastructures that provide resources are eliminated and they continue to serve one party. Maybe it's fair to apportion responsibility to that one party. If they potentially blew up the Nord Stream pipelines and they're sort of taking credit for this, Putin, I think, is ascribing them blame for both and saying, if you continue to do these things, there will be some serious consequences. The Russians responded to the bombing on the Crimean bridge. Kyiv was facing all sorts of missile and rocket attacks from the Russian military. Here's what it looked like in Ukraine. 
You can see smoke in the background on the building. You see flames on the ground. Looks like blown out windows from a rocket attack or a bomb that landed on the streets of Kyiv. You see burning fires. And firefighters and first responders putting out the flames all across the city. Cars are smacked. You can hear people breathing hard. And the carnage does not look good. Looks like there was also some maybe government buildings or places where people will congregate. And participate in their government. But this is what the news agencies are putting out. This is what they're showing us happen. Here's some more scenes from some rubble. This is some scenery from a playground where apparently a rocket attack landed and blew up a playground. So not a, not a fun way to wake up no matter what part of, uh, you know, the conflict you're on, obviously you wake up and you are living in a sort of a war zone. Now, some very interesting things happen. You take a look at some of that damage and you might expect that you might expect that there would be massive casualties from the attack, but that's not exactly the case. The Kiev Independent reported that there were 12 killed, 49 injured after the Russian attack on an apartment building. Now, that's just one apartment building. We'll see if there's more deaths that come from this. But Governor Olak said Russian fired 12 missiles, hit residential buildings. Zelensky called the Russian attack absolute evil. So we're waiting for you know, total casualty numbers and total death counts uh, to come out of this thing and see what the damage is. But it is not a, an ideal situation, regardless of sort of you know, what you believe and what side of the aisle you stand on. I think it's pretty clear at this point that both sides are escalating this. There are now infrastructure attacks on the Russian peninsula, according to them, and they are responding with attacks on the city of Kiev. Here's another clip of what it looked like after some bombs and missiles hit the city. You can see smoke. This is a video. looks like from somebody's balcony watching the smoke and the bombs go off around the city. And again, you know, I don't know if these were military targets, if these were industrial theaters, or if these were just rockets and missiles lobbed into civilian territory. Either way, it's carnage. Either way, we're seeing escalation by both sides, and it's not looking like there's an off-ramp. They're also saying that the internet is under attack. NetBlocks reporting that maybe the Russians are taking out Ukrainian internet. They posted this with updates. Uh, I think I got the wrong link. Uh, yeah, so there's all sorts of internet links here. There were They were posting on the NetBlocks account. Let me see if I can find this here. Yeah, here it is. NetBlocks is reporting that there are live internet disruptions in Ukraine. They're saying there's a series of Russian attacks targeting multiple regions of the country. Metrics indicate that national connectivity is now 83% of ordinary levels. And so the internet's a little bit down, but I mean, it's still mostly functioning, 80% at the time. But still mostly functional, I guess. So uh, the bombs went off, but the internet's still working. So we'll take a look and see uh, what else is coming out as a result of this. But we also have uh, some reaction. So 
The White House is responding now to the Russian attacks on Ukraine in Kyiv. And when these types of situations happen, what you would expect would be the president of the United States to reach out to the allies, to the party that they are supporting and connect with them in depth and hash out a plan or something. This is what the actual phone call looked like between Joe Biden and President Zelensky of Ukraine. The White House told us that on October 10th, Joe Biden gave old Vladimir Zelensky a phone call. And this is all we got. It's one paragraph. That's it. This is it. This is the whole thing. It says that President Joe Biden spoke today with Zelensky of Ukraine. He expressed condemnation of Russia's missile strikes across Ukraine, okay, including Kyiv, and he conveyed his condolences to the loved ones of those killed and injured in a senseless attack. All right. President Biden pledged to continue providing Ukraine with support needed to defend itself. All right, so I guess it's staying on the same path, including advanced air defense systems. Advanced air defense systems, I guess, to take out the missiles says he also underscored his ongoing engagement with allies and partners to continue imposing costs on Russia, holding Russia accountable for its war crimes and atrocities, and providing Ukraine with security, economic, and humanitarian assistance. So, I guess the status quo? Maybe more escalation? More advanced air defense systems? More missiles? And as you can see, very little off-ramp. Holding Russia accountable for its war crimes and atrocity. So is it possible to have a negotiated peace when this is a necessary condition? When this is a content when the when the settlement, a negotiated peace is contingent upon holding Russia accountable? Is it even startable or is it a non-starter? I think it's the latter. And in fact, Elon had a comment about this. Let's take a look at what he said. Nuclear war, the possibility of which rising rapidly. Elon telling us on Twitter, yeah, the probability of nuclear war is in fact rising rapidly. Here's why that is. First, let's take a look at Elon's tweet because this is what Elon said. Elon Musk, October 9th, after the bombing of the Crimean Bridge, said nuclear war probability is rising rapidly. Many people agree with him. He's not alone in that thought. Donald Trump agrees, many others as well, including this gentleman. His name is Mark Tegmark, and he posted this. He said, here's why I think there's now a one in six chance, a one in six chance of an imminent global nuclear war. And while I appreciate and why I appreciate Elon Musk and others urging de-escalation, which he says, in my humble opinion, is in the national security interests of all nations. Mark, I appreciate, he says, I appreciate Elon and others urging de-escalation. Elon urged de-escalation and the whole world had a meltdown over that because they said that he was kowtowing to Putin. But this is the image that Mark brought up for us. And so let's get this opened up so we can take a look at it. 
This is the flow chart that details the one in six chance that we have for nuclear annihilation. And you can see on this graphic, when we zoom out a little bit, we talk about the old story of David versus Goliath. We have David, in this case, presumably is Ukraine, and Goliath is Russia. And you see this very problematic cycle that continues a downward spiral into doom unless there is an off-ramp. Let's take a look and explore how this works. If David appears to be winning, then Russia escalates. If Ukraine appears to be winning, which is David, then Russia escalates. Then what happens? Goliath appears to be winning, means Russia seems like it's winning. And then guess what happens? The West escalates. More money, more resources, more sanctions, more whatever. Then David goes back and he starts bombing Nord Stream pipelines or he starts bombing bridges. And then Russia starts bombing Kiev. And then they start winning. And then the West escalates again. And Biden says, we're going to give you more weaponry now. And we're going to help even further and give you more money and more aircraft, anti-whatever. David starts to win. Russia wins. Okay, and around and around we go. At some point, David may win a little bit too much. And Russia may go a little bit off. And you can see a 30% chance that if David is winning, the Russian response is kaboom. Okay, Ukraine gets nuked. 20% chance that that nuclear bomb, whatever goes on in Ukraine, 20% chance that that gives us an off-ramp in green. But more likely than that is not. Instead, NATO escalates. Conventional NATO retaliation starts. 80% likelihood chance that that happens. If that puts a stop to this escalation, he says there's a 30% likelihood of that occurring. And if that doesn't happen, there's more likely a 70% chance of another kaboom, which is World War III. All of this escalating in this direction. Now, the only off-ramps that you can see is if Russia continues to escalate, you may get a Kosovo situation where there's a breakaway and... It's an off-ramp. We just, okay, everything is sort of a neutral party. Or we have a situation where it looks like a Finland or Korea. We have a frozen war. We have an enduring peace or the breakaway succeeds or there's a simmering war like Libya. Or there's a Vietnam, right, where David wins and the Goliath is expunged. In this case, the Russians are just totally expunged and they just sort of go away. But those off-ramps, each one of those situations, the breakaway succeeding, the Goliath being expunged, an enduring peace, a simmering war, a frozen war, all of those situations require an off-ramp. They require a green exit path. And if nobody's willing to do that, if the United States, Anthony Blinken and Jake Sullivan, who went to Oxford, if they all just say Putin has to be tried in the you know, International Criminal Court. How do we get off of this cycle? How do we break this cycle? And it is the most important maybe issue that we all face right now. Because if this continues escalating, then we get to kaboom. 
And that's not good for anybody. So that chart came over from Max Tegmark. And he says one in six chance, if you just sort of add those numbers up, one in six chance, right? So he has a whole tweet thread on that. And it sounds like he wrote the rest of that over at lesswrong.com. And so go follow his explanation to learn more about that from Mark. But Elon responded to that and he said the nuclear war probability is rising rapidly. He saw that chart and he said, yep, that's exactly it rising rapidly. Not good, not ideal at all for all for any of us. And as we've talked about, we've said this here many times that if there is one iota of radiation, if there's one little radiation molecule just bouncing around over there in Ukraine and it came from Russia, holy moly this entire world is going to enter a new era. Probably going to make the pandemic look like child's play because we're all going to live under a constant threat of nuclear annihilation everywhere we turn. So I'm hopeful that there is an off-ramp on this, but it seems like we have a bunch of useless leaders who don't know what they're doing, or maybe they do, and they're driving us exactly where they want us. Here is Trump at a rally explaining that the world is in a very precarious position. World War III might be around the corner because we have useless leaders. We must demand the immediate negotiation of a peaceful end to the war in Ukraine, or we will end up in World War III, and there Not will good. be nothing left of our planet all because stupid people didn't have a clue. They didn't have a clue. They don't understand. They really don't understand. I rebuilt our military. I rebuilt our nuclear power. They don't understand what they're dealing with, the power of nuclear. They have very stupid people who don't know what they're messing with really getting us close to a pretty drastic situation nothing and, and i remember do you remember when they said that donald trump was going to be the person who brought us all to world war three this orange maniac was going to get in office and we were all going to die well he's not in office and we are closer to global annihilation or as joe biden said armageddon than we've ever been Hopefully they're happy about that. But that, my friends, is the update on World War III. And so we'll continue to cover that. <laughs> we have another short segment before we jump into your questions and comments. It's going to be a shorter show today. But let's see what we've got here. Donald Trump roasted President Joe Biden at a rally, stitched together about two and a half minutes of glorious gaffes of the president and played them in front of an entire rally of people. Here is what that sounded like. So we had just a little quick video made up. Would you like to see it? Yes, we would. How would you say your mental focus is? Well, it's focused. <laughs> I, say it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. Let's get ready to I think it's a right for people that have bad health care. Okay. True and international. 
suffered the pressure. Guys, you have go. Oh, I can't believe I said that. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. Y'all ready for this? I was going to put him in the uh, foot. And Corn Pop was a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. Wait, 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 wait. All men and women created by the go. You know the you know the thing. If you hold near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway. We went for two reasons. One, to. Come on, man. <laughs> my, my, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I've had a couple. But the nature, not representative. Jackie, you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think oh, she was. Jackie. She was yeah, Jackie. here. Remember that one? Um, uh, um, what am I doing here? I'm talking. Uh, yeah. I got hairy legs that turn. That 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 that. Thank you for tolerance for listening to me. I appreciate it very much. What? I'm pretty sure they played the window XP uh, restart sound, you know, that sound when he had that little flub and there was a bunch they didn't capture in that one. I mean, the two word clip didn't get in there. The American economy is about two words made in America. Remember that last week? Didn't even have that. Those were some of the highlights, but we're still missing a lot of material. crowd over there for Donald Trump, all responding to the gaffes so of just- our current president, which never seem to end crowd chanting in the background. Joe's got to go. And of course, there's really nobody else out there who's still getting crowds like that. who's still getting energy like that. Donald Trump roasting the president, rightfully so, because he can't talk. He doesn't know where he is most of the time. And that's a pretty important thing to know when you happen to be president of the United States. Trump's lawyer, Christina Bob, apparently interviewed by the feds. This story came out from NBC, and they're telling us that Christina Bob was speaking to investigators who were involved in the Mar-a-Lago case. And you recall here that some time ago, Miss Bob, Trump's lawyer, was the person who signed on to the custodian of records document. Remember when NARA, the National Archives, and the FBI went over to Mar-a-Lago, they wanted boxes of materials. They said, hey, give us all your stuff or else. And they said, okay, we've given you everything. Leave us alone. And they said, well, we're not sure that you did in fact give us everything. And so why don't you sign this document that says you did? And Christina Bob apparently was the person who signed that document. Now the FBI, the feds, they want to meet with her. They want to ask her a very obvious question. Why did you sign this document saying you gave us everything when in fact you didn't give us everything? What gives? 
So apparently she sat down with the investigators. Christina Bob is the attorney who signed the letter certifying that all records that Trump had had been given back, has spoken to federal investigators. That happened on Friday. And two other Trump attorneys who were involved in the case also were having conversations. Three sources familiar with the matter reporting this all back over to NBC. The certification statement was signed back on June by Christina Bob. It indicated that Trump was in compliance with the grand jury subpoena, no longer had possession of the documents. This is according to three sources who do not want to comment publicly ugh, because of the sensitive nature of the sprawling federal investigation. Okay, but we want to know who said it. Their accounts correspond with federal court records, though the Justice Department did not name her as the attorney who signed the statement. And we actually looked at that document, the custodian of records document, and it didn't have her name on it, or if it was, it was redacted. They didn't identify any of the others involved in the filings, but we were speculating. I was thinking it was either Lindsay Halligan, who I think I've said before on the show, or it was Christina Bob. Turns out it's Christina Bob. After Justice Department officials were given the statement, the FBI subsequently determined the substance of the certification was untrue. And that's why they raided the president's house. They executed a search warrant. They seized 103 more classified records, according to court documents. Bob was the custodian of the records at the time, did not draft the statement. Okay, so this is this is something I've been really sort of waiting to hear about because this is a, an important document. This is the document that Trump says clears him. It says that somebody did a, a search of all the materials. They found that we've given you everything. We are, have exhausted all of our closets and found all of the classified documents. You've gotten them all back. So how do you sort of connect this to Trump, right? If Trump was really intentionally criminal here, he should have had a mind, a guilty mind, the, the, a mens rea, a mindset of wanting to commit a crime. But if he was relying on his lawyers and his custodian of records, and he said the movers got it from the people who certified this, that, and the other, how can Trump be guilty for something if he was relying on a bunch of other people to do those things? And these are licensed lawyers. You know, these aren't people who are unqualified. These are people who are more qualified than Trump in many cases to sort of deal with other lawyers, right? And so Trump says, I gave it to my lawyers. They handled it. And what if they didn't handle it appropriately? Why is Trump at, at fault for that? would be a defense argument. So here, people don't want to comment on this stuff. Instead, Trump's lawyer at the time, Evan Corcoran, drafted the release. So one lawyer drafted the document and says, hey, Christina, sign this. Bob told investigators, according to sources, which is crazy. So I don't know who these sources are, but this means that Christina Bob is going and talking to, I, I don't know, FBI or prosecutors. And then the FBI or the prosecutors are leaking this stuff back over to the media. Again, more and more leaks. Like how many leaks can we get out of this case? So they they start leaking it. They, they know everything about it. Evan Corcoran, one lawyer says, I'm not signing this, right? One, one of Trump's lawyers doesn't want to sign it, gives it to another lawyer. Bob also spoke to investigators about Trump's legal advisor, Boris Epstein, who she said did not help draft the statement, but was minimally involved in discussions about the records. Epstein's cell phone was seized last month by the FBI, according to the New York Times, citing sources familiar with the matter. 
Bob did not return messages. Corcoran didn't return messages. Justice Department did not comment. You already got your sources from the Justice Department, certainly. Now, before Christina Bob signed the document, she insisted that it be rewritten with a disclaimer that she was certifying Trump had no more records based upon the information that was provided to me. So very good lawyer. She says, I'll only sign that if you add this sentence in, quote, based upon the information that's been provided to me, because she doesn't want to go around and look through all those boxes and say, I personally did all of this stuff. And therefore it's, it's above board. She says, no, I talked to this person, this person, this person. They said, there's no more classified documents in Melania's anywhere. And that's all I know. And so that's good. So she's trying to not be responsible for it. The sources said of what she told the investigators that she said, I'm not going to sign it if it was not including that sentence. Bob identified the person who gave her the information as Corcoran, the sources said. Quote, she had to insist on that disclaimer twice before she signed it, said one source who spoke with Bob about what she told the investigators. Okay, so maybe it's one of Bob's friends, not one of the DOJ people. The source said she spoke freely without an immunity deal. So she went and was voluntarily talking with the feds. One source said she is not criminally liable. She's not going to be charged. She's not pointing fingers. She's simply a witness for the truth. And so, you know, that begs the question, are they trying to prosecute him on this thing? I have to still think they are. Now, the certification said that, quote, a diligent search was conducted for records that were requested by the grand jury subpoena, and they were turned over. In August 31st, which included a copy of the certification, the Justice Department called that veracity, that statement, into question. They said, you know, we don't trust that this was done. We don't believe that there was, in fact, a diligent search of the property. They say that president's lawyers and other representatives had weeks to perform calls, and they didn't. And this calls into serious doubt what they actually did. Christina Bob had a lawyer. Her name was, his name was John, said that Bob gave her testimony on Friday. The information she gave, they say, could play a crucial role in widening the investigation into Trump. And they talk about the different rallies that Trump was attending to. The day after Bob spoke to investigators, the New York Times reported how Trump resisted the federal government's longstanding requests. And Christopher Kesey, Trump's lawyers, could not be reached for comment. The source said, people made Bob the fall guy or the fall gal for what it's worth, and it's wrong. Yeah, she signed the declaration. No one disputes that. But what she signed is technically accurate. The people who told her to sign it, oh, should know better. All right, so we're going to get some finger pointing here happening. So I'm sort of waiting for this to happen, right? Christina Bob is going to say, I signed what you told me to sign. You said it was good, and but her signature is on the document. And that's why the FBI came to her. You said that it was clear and it's not. So what gives? So now I don't know if she's pointing to Evan Corcoran or what Evan Corcoran's going to have to do and if, whether he's, I think he already met with them maybe, or maybe he met with the J6 committee. There's so many investigations going on. It's hard to keep track. But Christina Bob apparently interviewed with the feds met with them voluntarily, doesn't suspect she's under criminal investigation, and says she's totally innocent. All she did was sign the custodian of records document. It was other people who had to verify that it was true or not. So, of course, we'll continue to cover that. Donald Trump at a rally communicating about his displeasure 
the Biden DOJ making arrests of pro-life activists, and they're using different federal laws to charge them with crimes. Donald Trump speaking out about these pro-lifers who've had their homes raided by armed FBI agents. Before our very eyes, Biden and his left-wing handlers are turning America into a police state. After ignoring violent attacks on pro-life clinics, the Biden administration is rounding up pro-life activists. You see it happening, and you see it happening nightly. Although, for the most part, they don't want to report it. First, they arrested the Catholic father of seven that you read about two weeks ago. Mark and then Hawks, this week, we talked about him. They arrested pro-life grandparents with guns drawn. Many people going into this small but well-kept and beautiful little house. Many people, FBI, going in to take a grandmother out of that house, putting them in jail and protesting outside of abortion clinics and charging them with crimes punishable by up to 11 years in prison, 11 years. Blake, you're gonna have to do something about this, Blake. We gotta do something about this. Kelly isn't doing a thing about it. Mark Kelly's not doing anything. Blake Masters, as Trump says, he's the man that we need to take charge over here, here in Arizona. Kelly doesn't even know what's happening. And they're doing this to peaceful patriots at numbers that have never been seen before. And they have the right of free speech. And this is free and really, you'd almost say it's free and silent speech. They're not doing anything wrong. These are incredible people and they're being treated like, like terrorists. They're being treated like drug lords. In fact, I must say drug lords are treated much better. Nothing happens to them. Well, there are certainly a lot of individuals who have been committing crimes against pro-life centers that haven't come under the same scrutiny as the federal DOJ has brought upon pro-lifers all across America. Donald Trump speaking out about it, telling Blake Masters that, hey, it's up to him and Arizona elect Blake Masters into the Senate, kick out that space cadet Mark Kelly so that we can get the Republicans back in charge over there. And so that, my friends, is the update. Donald Trump roasting Joe Biden at a rally. And we'll continue to cover. Thank you for liking this video and subscribing wherever it is you're watching this. And now, my friends, it is time to hear from you and see what you have to say about this over from our friends at watchingthewatchers.locals.com and some of those super chats that came in, of course, on the YouTubes. And so let's see what we've got coming in. I saw some super chats come in. I think I saw one from Zulu. Let me see if I can find these things. Uh, here, this one came in from Bear Ashby. Bear Ashby says, Weed kills, leave my brother murderer in prison, Rob. All right. Weed kills, leave my brother murder. Oh, I hope your brother, first of all, I hope he's not in prison, number one. And number two, I hope, I hope that he's not murdered in prison. That's my... That's my uh, strong hope. Now, let's see what else we got here. Uh, I think I'm missing some. Okay, I'm going to have to pull those up a different location. We're going to pull up the super chats. We're going to do a refresh and get the questions and comments over from our friends at watchingthewatchers.locals.com uh, before we jump into it. Let's see here. First one in the house is from. Jason on blast. Let's see what he's got for us. 
He says, LMAO, Lauren Boebert baited the blue checks into mocking Biden's latest gaffe. Let's see what this one is. Two words. Let's go, Brandon. Three words. You're an idiot. Oh, gosh, that's great. Uh, you can see three words. You're here. We go. This is great. Lauren Bo- Boebert said two words. Let's go, Brandon. David Hogg said, who's, you know, whatever he is, says three words. You're an idiot. Chip Franklin says, you're so dumb. You can't count. John Cooper says, Lauren Boebert humiliated herself. <laughs> These people just can't. George Takai says she can't even count. Oh, gosh. Oh, these poor people. That's too funny. That's from Jason on Blast. And that's good stuff. Let's go, Brandon, is two words in my translation. <laughs> from Bonnie. Uh, all right. So a shout out. How many of them deleted their tweets? Good question. Uh, let's see what else we've got over here. We have C. Reed says, congrats on an awesome show over at Eric's house. Uh, I loved it. Wondering if you're going to talk about the onion SCOTUS thing. Um, yeah, actually, the onion, I think, filed a, uh, an application or an, an amicus brief at the Supreme Court. Yeah, we could talk about onion. You know, I was sort of lost about what to talk about today. It's why the show is so short. There, there wasn't that much activity, you know, honestly. It was kind of all nuclear holocaust. We're all going to die. So, yeah, we could talk about the onion thing, maybe. Former says... Uh, it's a true classic. It's worth every second, whatever that is on Facebook. I'll take a look at it after the show, former. I don't have Facebook. It doesn't open very well in all of that. TOS is here, says Marvelous Monday to you, Rob, watching the watchers and all of the community. Good to see you there, TOS. Another comment here. Uh, Anti-Fragile says, Rob, just posted this in the New York Times a few minutes ago. Some areas are without water too. Targets, infrastructure, and special ops location. I pray for the peasants, meaning the people, is what Anti-Fragile says, says, in his nightly address, Zelensky said electricity has been mostly or fully restored in several regions, including those cities. Crews were likely to restore electricity in other regions. He said, Ukrainians, please limit your energy from 5 to 10 p.m. at night. So power's back on already. You know, it, it I'm sure, well, we'll just leave it at that. Thank you, Antifragile. Rye T says, late. It was, I was 15 minutes, you know, technically late, but it wasn't late because it was scheduled. So that's, that's my excuse. And she still says late here says, uh, congratulations to a brilliant stream for Eric's house. The other day, y'all deserve a good old pat on the back for a good job. As per Rye tradition, I won nothing in the raffle. And I think, I think something happened with Zulu too. So uh, I was pulling up Zulu's comment. He said, uh, Zulu says the bear, the Bartlett. Oh my gosh. Why can't I see this? Here's what Zulu said. It said the Bartlett Lake raffle transaction apparently didn't go through. Here's the 50 for Eric's plus YouTube's 30% rake. The good news is maybe the raffle wasn't rigged after all. Maybe look Zulu, my friend, if you want to go to Bartlett Lake, send me an email. Okay. I got the hookups out there. Send me an email. If you donated to Eric's house, we can make that happen. We can make it happen. Zulu Bartlett's great. Bartlett's great. Are you in Arizona, by the way? So, hey, so send me an email. We'll we'll get this squared away. No problem at all. Zulu's going to be out there jet skiing and slalom skiing and up there zipping all over the place out there on Bartlett Lake. Yeah, we'll get it squared away. No problem at all. Uh, Shout out to TKUA. Lean says, I thought Rob was going to ditch this section. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about what to do with all this section. I'm thinking about maybe just breaking off all the comments and just going over to locals, just doing, just cutting it off and just going over to locals. We'll see. 
Uh, TK says, if Russia declared a state sponsor of terrorism, can victims of uh, the, the attack seek compensation in U.S. courts? Russia has lots of assets in U.S. banks. Uh, I doubt it. I mean, you know, no. I mean, no, because the court has to have enforce, some enforcement mechanisms and they're not going to be able to go collect against Russia. Same from TK. If we allow Russia's nuclear blackmail, there's going to be a mad dash for nukes everywhere. That's one point. You could say that. You could say that there's going to be all sort, you know, if one bad act, <laughs> Lean says, fine by me, get rid of these comments and just get out of here. Maybe we'll, maybe we will. I don't know. We'll have to decide. Uh, but if Russia's nuclear blackmail, yeah, you know, I don't know. We certainly don't want that. We don't want everybody to get nukes and then start saying, this is my land now because I've got nukes. But uh, Bear Ashby, weed kills, leave my brother murder in prison, Rob. From Bear Ashby. As I said, I hope your brother is doing okay in prison, wherever he is. Hopefully not murdered. Now, back over to Rye T. Says that she didn't win anything, but as per Rye T tradition, I won nothing in the raffle. It was tearful hearing everybody's heartbreaking stories, but it was inspiring to see such determination to carry on and stay strong. Much love to you all. Well, thank you, Rye T. And thanks for being there and for supporting Eric's house. You know, raffles are tough. I never win anything either, except one time I won a big jar of Skittles when I was like in fifth grade. It was incredible. Was it fifth grade or probably like third grade? I won a giant jar of Skittles, but it wasn't a raffle. That was a uh, guess how many Skittles are in the jar. And I might've had some insider information on that one, but I admit nothing. Jason on blast says, so PayPal retracts their policy with respect to misinformation. But as I read this article, they can still swipe you for $2,500 and many other reasons that are not retracted. Am I reading this correctly? All I keep hearing in the press is that it says it's retracted its policy on misinformation penalties. I haven't heard a peep about this stuff. So I haven't actually taken a look at it, but it looks like the guys over at Reason did. And let's see what they've pulled up for us. Um, wow, okay. So they modified it. So they, it looks like they they removed a new PayPal, says that the first one about misinformation was not accurate. But the new one came out and the new one says same things about intolerance and discrimination. <laughs> so it's just like they just changed the, the, the language a little bit. They just tightened it, tightened it up so far, you know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that eventually the, the right way to go is probably not to use PayPal or any of these big conglomerates and figure out alternatives whatever that is for you. Karaoke princess is here says, I heard that the J six hearing was canceled due to a lack of interest. No channel wants to air it. Sounds like my, uh, my high school reunion, my high school reunion didn't ever happen because, uh, they said class of 2004, uh, showed a lack of disinterest and we all, uh, well, we don't even really talk anymore, but several of us said that sounds about right. sounds like our class. Yeah. That's why it didn't happen. Uh, but I think that there is actually going to be a hearing, a J6 hearing, probably right before the elections, of course. Former says the Democrats are frenetically looking for an issue or problem that they can be on the wrong side of. They don't need to look for them. They just find them naturally. Rye T says, I don't know if you mentioned it. Is it confirmed that it was a vehicle bomb by that lorry? If so, was it heading towards Russia or Crimea? I think it was heading into Crimea, and I'm pretty sure it was the, the truck bomb, unless I missed something. But yeah, I'm pretty sure 
pretty sure that it's um that's what it was. Rai T says the eco warriors must be going ape stuff over pollution caused by the explosion. Surely they're calling for an immediate halt to further escalation. Look at all that black smoke coming from those fossil fuels. Won't somebody think of the environment? Yeah, I mean, maybe they could use non uh, non smoky explosions like windmill explosions or green bombs. Maybe some green bombs would be good. Whatever those are. Uh, Here, this one came in from Jeff Rooks. Jeff says, whether it's the unspecified virus of unknown origin or the conflict in Ukraine, also Vietnam, Iraq, Afghanistan, J6, Ukraine gate, Russia gate, et cetera, and so on. The evidence shows that when you bet against the mainstream narrative, you have a positive win-loss record. That's basically my strategy. (laughs) And it works out pretty well. Yeah, it's like if CNN is telling you something, just take the opposite. If MSNBC, just, it's the opposite. It's like George Costanza. Just do the opposite. And you'll probably be right. It's been pretty accurate, at least for the last three years. You have a positive win-loss record. Here, I'm not trying to take it too far, but frankly, if CNN told me John Wilkes Booth shot Lincoln, I'd have to start questioning who was actually behind it. <laughs> you know, and you probably, if CNN did take that position or the New York Times, you'd probably be right. Good to see you, Jeff. Zach Nichols says, I wonder if Kamala helped Elon make that advanced Venn diagram. You guys know what Venn diagrams are? It's the three circles and you can overlap them. Yeah. And so I always tell my staff, make me Venn diagrams everywhere I go. Thank you, Zach. Right. T says Russia invading the Ukraine again is yet another example of the left being the exact thing they accuse you of. They're warmongers. They're, they are beating the drums for war everywhere you look. It's crazy. All right. Good to see you, Rye. Ray K says, Bobert nailed it today. Anybody see it on Twitter? I think somebody shared it earlier. Good to see you, Ray K. Uh, Anti-Fragile says, did I miss something? I thought that the Trump judge said no more leaks. Yeah, I think they said that a number of times, but the DOJ doesn't care. They run stuff. Okay. It's their justice system, not ours. Facts Matter says, 200,000 subs on YouTube? Woo! Said headed to 500,000 on Rumble. Congrats, Rob. So freaking well-deserved and super happy that people are finding our community. This warrants a MAGA Rob WrestleMania meme in by our in-house meme chad, Paul Minot. <laughs> Paul Minot has been having some, some, I mean, incredible memes. Uh, meme Smith, but I like Meme Chad too. The Chad memester. Oh, amazing. Paul Mino with some serious memes. Yeah, we did. We did cross 200,000 today, huh? That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And I want to thank everybody who made that possible. What an amazing thing. Honestly, it's an amazing thing. I don't have anything very wise to say other than thank you. You know, it's been a lot of fun. I think we are honestly just getting started. If I can be honest about this. I feel like there's more energy now than when I started this, right? People are waking up at, uh, at, at such, a, a, such a fast pace. And I'm, I can't tell you how excited I am that there seems to be some progress being made in terms of the conversation, right? The stories are changing. People are not believing the same narrative, even as they were two years ago. And it's just, it's, it's just incredible. And honestly, I'm so humbled to continue to have the conversation with you, Facts Matter, and Anti-Fragile, and Ray K, and Ry T, and all of our friends on YouTube, and all of our friends over on Rumble. It's been, it's been a, a fun ride, and I'm really grateful that you're here joining us on it. It's really a lot of fun. So thank you, Facts Matter, for saying that. Here, former says, are they going to interview the agents who produce the inventory? 
that omitted and concealed many of the documents that potentially concealed the wrongdoing? I wonder if the FBI or the New York Times would pose that question. No, they're not going to investigate any of that stuff. I mean, honestly, like I'm taking a look at the Danchenko trial. I'm taking a look at what Durham's doing and all this stuff. And it's just like, I'm not sure there's going to be a whole lot of progress on any of that stuff. All right. We had another one come in. Oh, we've got some memes coming in the house. <laughs> Paul me no. Paul me no. He has the spotlight watching the watchers spotlight with, with that's me. Although that person's biceps are, you know, they're pretty nice. They're pretty nice. I'll say. <laughs> and their hair is pretty good too. Thank you, Paul, for that one. That's a beautiful spotlight. Uh, former says it's clean with no cussing. I believe you, but I just, I can't, I, it's, I can't open Facebook. I got to log in 35 times on Facebook here. Paul me. No sent another one in. Let's pull this one up. Says this is a request from a wrestling fan. Uh, let's see what we've got here. On the, the spotlight one, this is from Paul me. No here. What, what is this pink? shine that big beautiful spotlight down upon our system with the hope of finding justice down upon our system with the hope <laughs> so that we can shine oh, the spotlight no. down upon our system with the hope of finding justice i'll continue so, to work on it i'm a little bit rusty but we'll get it back into the swing of things thanks for all the suggestions thanks for the proposals so i thanks for the petitions so i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad I'm glad the I'm glad um, that's going to live in infamy for all eternity. Thank you, Paul, for that one here. We've got another one. This is Brie from the Supreme Court. Let's see what this one came in on. Oh, this is from the onion. This came in from. So maybe we'll get to this one tomorrow. This is from the onion as amicus, a friend of the court petitioner filing in on that uh, free speech case talking about parody. So thank you for that. That one came in, I think, from C. Reed. Yeah, thank you, C. Reed. We'll take a look at that one probably tomorrow. Three girlies is here. Shout out. They just got home. We're glad you made it home safely over at the three girlies household. And shout out to the youngest girlie over there. Hopefully the beautiful week is, is unfolding very nicely at the three girlies household. And you had a beautiful day. I'm glad that you're here. Rye T says, since you're giving out passes to Bartlett Lake, can you throw one my way? I live in the UK. Can you cover my flight too? Thanks in advance, Rob. Me and Zulu will let you know how it is. <laughs> uh, maybe one day, Rye T, maybe one day. Uh, I'm broke though. I can't afford that. The whole audience put me out. I'm broke. I'm, I don't know. I don't even know what the bill is yet. I'm broke. I can't afford it. I, I can't afford it. Sorry. But uh, maybe sometime, maybe one day. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> here this one came in from paul me no hey for your bro if he starts a show oh my goodness oh he is gonna love that oh he is gonna love that he's gonna love that paul that's super cool look at that so joey loves the avengers joey g mcu expert oh he's gonna love that big time he loves the avengers he wears the avengers shirts all the time Super cool. Paul, how do you do this stuff, man? You're like a meme smith. Very amazing. All right. So I'm going to text him that right after the show's over. And uh, we'll just go ahead and save that image right now. And we'll send that to Joe. And I'll let you know what he says. That's going to be fun. Thank you for doing that, Paul. 
it's going to mean a lot to him. Uh, Jeremy says, so did PayPal put out misinformation about their misinformation policy? Yeah, they did, didn't they? Or if it's intentional, it's disinformation. Disinformation, isn't it? Good point there, Jeremy. Rai T says, if the lorry was traveling from Russia into Crimea, then surely that makes it less likely to be a Ukrainian terrorist attack because it would have originated in Russia. I see what you're saying. Yeah, so it's a good question. I don't know, right? I would I would have suspected that there would have been some um, security at that one entrance of the bridge so that they would check it for explosives before it, you know, made its way through. But I don't know if that's if that's what happened or not. <laughs> maybe, maybe the driver didn't even know. You know, it's, hey, it's a it's a thing of manure. And somebody just wired it for explosives. You know, I don't know. Ray KOK says, woohoo, congrats, shining that big, bright light, spotlight. Been watching you since all the screens were behind you. I didn't know what you were, but I stuck around. I'd figured out locals. I love what you've built, Rob. (laughs) Ray K's been around for a long time. Yeah, I used to have all the screens in the background. And like that was going to be my workstation. So I was going to, you know, turn around and do all my editing and stuff back there. And then it didn't really work out that well. And then. I've changed a lot, Ray K. You, you've been around this show, man. You've been around a long time. It's changed a lot. We've had some ups and downs. We were demonetized for nine months. Remember that? After January 6th? <laughs> they tried to shut us up, baby, but we didn't go anywhere. No siree. We stuck around and it's all working out. We're just getting started, if I can be perfectly honest about it. We're just warming up because there is a lot of spotlight shining that needs to be shown because there's a lot of nefarious out there that need some accountability and transparency. And we cannot rest until it has all been rooted out and exposed. And we will do that. But first, we have some more super chats. Thank you to Elder Clay with a super chat, but no question on that. Thank you, Elder. And we also had Charles Radcliffe also sent in a super chat, but no, no questions on either of those. Bear Ashby says, WTF, Rob. Rob, my brother is dead. His murderer is in prison. Biden wants to release him. And you agreed the pot smoker ran over him. Ran I very him is what Bear Ashby says. Oh, I see, Bear. So I apologize. So your brother's dead. His murderer is in prison and Biden wants to release him because he's a pot smoker. If your brother was murdered by a pot smoker, then they're not going to let him out because of the pot, because he'll still be held in custody because of the murder. He only murdered, mur- he only pardoned the marijuana charges, not the murder charges. So your brother's murderer will continue to remain in custody, which is good news. And so I don't know if you're being serious or not, Bear, but I'm presuming that you are. So uh, hopefully everything's okay. <laughs> right, T says. Right, T says uh, sort of probably what a couple people are thinking. Is Bear Ashby drunk or am I? I don't know. It's a good question. I was kind of, I don't know either. So I don't know, Bear, if you're serious or not serious. Bear Ashby sometimes leaves funny comments and then sometimes leaves comments that are serious. And so it's sort of hard to tell, uh, but I don't want to joke about your dead brother bear. So, you know, rest in peace. If he's, 
actually dead. And if not, hopefully he's living happily, nicely somewhere, if you have a brother. But thank you for being a part of the show either way. (laughs) All right, my friends, I think that is it for us for the day. And I want to thank you for being a part of the program. We are going to leave it right there on the day. A little bit of a shorter show. The news was weird today. I really couldn't figure out a good rhythm with stuff I wanted to get into. And all the dockets, like there was a docket update here. You want to do just a quick, should we just do a quick, let me show you a quick, let me show you what's going on out there. Uh, Just so you can see, when I go and check the dockets, I have all my favorites organized in my court listener account. And so you can see the last filings. We have Thomas Caldwell. Okay, the Oath Keepers trials going on there. Totally rigged trial. I've been following that along. Uh, the, the, the judge is silencing basically everybody. So I'm not, you know, I'm not interested. Uh, Danchenko's going on. Also going to be a joke of a case. Uh, Marilyn Mosby, the Baltimore state attorney, she's being prosecuted. Her case is moving forward. We've got the Whitmer kidnapping, some updates in that one. Proud Boys, their prosecution, Enrique Tarrio, people are pleading out as well. Uh, Trump versus the U.S., there were no updates today. So that was um, dead. Lindell, no updates. Student loans lawsuit, no updates. Trump versus Clinton, no updates. There was a big tech collusion uh, lawsuit. They added, I think, 47 new co-defendants to it. And the co-defendants are, you know, a lot of the same people you'd expect. So a lot of this, right? Kind of a pretty quiet day. Not a lot of activity in terms of the legal cases that we're following. Most of the news was just World War III stuff. So we'll see. Biden was out of town. Biden's back in town. Everybody wants to live. Nobody wants to die. You know, in a nuclear explosion. But that, my friends, is it for us today. Hopefully we get a little bit more activity out there in the news so we can string together uh, a little bit more of an interesting program tomorrow. But we'll have to leave it there. We will come back, my friends. Before we do, I want to thank everybody who was joining us over at watchingthewatchers.locals.com. Shout out to our meme smith, Paul Mino in the house. I see Bruce the Shark, who's also here. Uh, Russian investigators believe the truck driver was witless. The truck was routed through Bulgaria to bypass checkpoints, according to Bruce the Shark over on Locals. Ooh, interesting. Resident Bedoin's over there. Zach Nichols, Wrighty's in the house. We have Palmino again. Bonnie Speck, C. Reed, and many others chatting away. Shout out to our friends on Rumble. Uh, we have Southern Bick says, it's a Monday. Uh, anything is here. Dog Digger says, I clean my bathrooms on Mondays. <laughs> Jacob Castro's here. It is. It's a Monday, isn't it? Uh, Dog Digger, Eric Scorpio, Jacob Castro, uh, many others on Rumble. And our friends on YouTube, shout outs to my American All-Stars, Sarah Brown, Spidey Fan, a job done well. Vijaya's in the house, along with Lean Ladybug. Shout out to Lean. Hey, Facts Matter. Facts Matter says, thanks, mods and Lean, with a bunch of Hunter Biden gifts. Oh, and so you can see my friends, either way you want to join the program, watching the watchers.locals.com or over on YouTube, click that join button right next to that subscribe button. You get those binger gifts and gifs. I want to say that I am also a lawyer before we leave a uh, 480-787-0394 is our amazing law firm, the R&R Law Group. We have a mission to help good people 
charged with crimes find safety, clarity, and hope not only in their cases, but beyond that in their lives. Had an amazingly busy day today with the, the entire sort of uh, uh, inbound team. We have sort of an intake team, right? People who help people understand how we can help them. And we spent almost the full day sort of switching over to this new system that's going to allow us to do a lot more cool things to provide more value and resources at the inbound process when we're working with new people. And so it's been a, a lot it's been a full day. Let me just say that. And it's very exciting stuff. No matter what's going on out there, we're continually trying to level up our firm so that we can serve our clients better. 480-787-0394 online, rrlawaz.com. And of course, thank you for everybody who once again donated over to ericshouse.org. I'll have the fine, final numbers for you by the end of the week. But if you want to go check out that uh, organization, ericshouse.org, is the place to be for that one. Now, and thank you to the mods who modded down the fort for us, who keep things nice and orderly in the chat. Shout outs over to K-Bean, Just Cause, Lean. Big shout outs to Playin' Hooky, Ronnie Cole, and Zulu. I think Vienti Kiss is on game night, but we'll see him back here tomorrow. Our spotlight supporters, as usual, are Chris Romero, David B3, Dr. EMB in the house, along with John over at qsimple.com. If you want some screen real estate on this final segment, let me know. Send me an email. Otherwise, my friends, I want to thank everybody who was a part of the show today. We are going to be back here again tomorrow to do it all again. And I hope that you are well rested and ready to go. Batteries recharged so that when you are here together with your help, we can shine that big, beautiful spotlight of accountability and transparency down upon our system with the hope of finding justice. Have a great night, my friends. I'll see you right back here tomorrow. Bye-bye.